Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner, college football season. To celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited offer now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-WITH-IT. The 20th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is Carolina Basketball. Black holding high goes to Darty. Darty in the double team. Gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Michigan out of timeout. And Weber front court. Carolina thought he'd travel with it. Weber front court. Carolina with top. He takes a timeout. They're out of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. Now gets it away to Donald Williams. Down the side to Stackhouse. Stackhouse streaking it on Park. Reverse duck is good. And he gets fouled by Park. Oh, my goodness. What a dunk. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebound. on his second attempt. That one is no good. They battle for it. Loose ball. Recovered Marvin. He scores. 17 seconds left. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champion. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be From HeelToughBlog.com, this is the Four Corners Podcast, featuring your host, Josh Marlowe. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you. Today we're going to talk recruiting as Carolina is still working on their 2022 class. Hebert Davis and his staff have gotten a good head start on the 2023 class as well with a bunch of offers within the last week or so, so we're going to break down all of that. we got some other news and notes regarding Carolina basketball as well. But before we get to that, we'll start with the pod thought of the day. We go back to Dean Smith, and since we're talking about recruiting, I, I pulled a recruiting thought from the former head coach of the Tar Heels from many years ago, and he said uh, – and this really goes against everything Coach K and John Calipari stand for at Duke of Kentucky, said, I would never recruit a player who yells at his teammates, disrespected his high school coach, or scores 33 points a game when his team goes 10-10. and Kind of just shows you the recruiting philosophy that Dean Smith had that was followed by Roy Williams and now being continued by Hubert Davis. Um Whereas Duke of Kentucky, they don't care if these guys are individual or if they're team players or not. They want individual talent, which is why they well haven't won as much as we have in the last five, six years or so. 
So now that I got my shots at the two other blue there, bloods. There you go. That's the way to start a pot. Out right of there, the way. Uh, we haven't taught recruiting in a while. And oh, since last episode of the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and, not, and it's not because there hasn't, look, to be honest, has a lot been going on. No, but there is enough now for us to kind of get back in here and talk about. We'll start with the 22 class because, of course, that's the first class that Carolina is working to finalize under Hubert Davis as the head coach. This previous class was already recruited by Roy Williams. He just kind of cemented their commitments. We talked a lot this summer about Cam Whitmore. Carolina got involved with him shortly after Carol uh, after Hubert Davis got hired. He will be on campus later this month, August 28th and 29th, a big small forward target for Carolina. Another small forward that Carolina is heavily involved in, Tyler Nickel, revealed his top five. Carolina made the final five with Butler, Iowa, LSU, and Virginia Tech. In other news, Carolina has basically quit recruiting five-star guard Chris Livingston. I guess Hubert Davis realized after they got in pretty late they weren't going to be an ideal spot for him to come to Chapel Hill. So in the class, you've already got Will Shaver, who's, of course, reclassifying to join the roster this year. You've got Seth Trimble. You've got Jalen Washington, your first five-star point guard, or your or, uh, first five-star player, excuse me. The big piece to this class has been long, has long been five-star Jaden Bradley, but there's not a guarantee that Carolina's even the front runner to get him at at this point. Kentucky's heavily involved, and, and so it's going to come down to the last couple seconds. He was on campus uh, back in uh, uh, June, but nothing has come out of that since. Carolina appears right now to be the clear favorites for Cam Whitmore. He's pretty much said that publicly. That's where, if everything goes well, he's going to land, and potentially Tyler Nickel as well. If they land both of those two small forwards, does it make up for the possibility of not landing a point guard like Jaden Bradley? No doubt. No doubt. First of all, here's the thing about this. Is this is no, We talked about it. It's not as big of a must-have as it was at one time because you've got Seth Trimble in the class. Seth Trimble, if you need him to be, can be that point guard for you in the class. Ideally... But isn't he a lot like R.J. Davis where ideally he's your two-guard playing off the ball? Yeah. You know, there's this thing called letting me finish my thought there that would have allowed me to explain that that was exactly where but, I was going with that. Because you got to set up the possibility of, I think we're all in agreement here, that if there's anyone in the backcourt that is close to being ready for the NBA, as of today, it's Caleb Love. Not saying that Caleb Love's going to go to the NBA after next season, but let's just say that happens. He takes the next step, he bolts. You're now point guard situation. Sands, uh, Jaden Bradley on your roster, is R.J. Davis, Seth Tremble, guys that you don't want running your point guard. And then you're back to Creighton Lebo would be your emergency point guard oh, like well, happened I mean, in 2000, 2019 and 20 with all the injuries when K.J. Smith was not only playing meaningful minutes, started games for you. Yeah, but I mean, look, I think that is it's definitely an element that they're taking into account. No doubt in my mind that they're looking and saying there's a chance that Caleb leaves after the season. If they're not, then they're just playing themselves. But you got to remember that you still have – R.J. Davis. You still have Anthony Harris, who I think a lot of people kind of forget about. He could play point. Like, what I'm saying is, ideally, would you want those guys playing point? Is that where they're going to be most successful? No. R.J. Davis is probably going to be more successful than Anthony Harris right now. But if you got in a pinch, 
you could use those guys. You're not in as dire straits, even if you lose Caleb Love, as you were a couple of years ago where you're going to have to say, hey, Creighton, let's see what you got against Creighton. Well, this like, is I mean, where, that's not going to happen. This is where, like, Jeremiah Francis's transfer from two years ago, like... That, I mean, yeah, no That's doubt. where those those kind of issues start showing up is if you go through the turnover Carolina's head at the point guard position, which, I mean, going into this season will be the first time since 2017-18 Carolina has returned their starting point guard. But we, we've seen when guys leave for the NBA and then injuries happen, you've got basically walk-on talent starting for you in the ACC, and that doesn't go over well. Well, here's the other thing that I think has to be addressed here is that, look, R.J. Davis is not going to the NBA after this year. Wouldn't think so. I would be stunned. He would have to just absolutely take off this year, which is possible. I mean, you can't count that out of the equation. But I'm going to be honest. I think even if that does happen, I really feel like if he takes off, it's going to be because Caleb Love isn't playing the way that we thought he could to get to the NBA. Or vice versa. If Caleb Love has a huge season, R.J. Davis could play well, but he's not going to be a guy that jumps onto NBA boards because one of those guys I think is going to thrive the most in the backcourt if they're going to go to the NBA early. So let's say that Caleb Love does leave. We got that scenario on the table. You do have to remember that you do have DeMarco Dunn, who is in the class, who would be there at shooting guard. You could also, if you... If you wanted to, I mean, I guess you're going to probably play him at the three, but he is smaller. You could use Puff at the at, at that two-guard spot no. as well. I mean, I don't think it's the dire thing. And, I mean, there's another element that's here in this recruitment that I'm not talking about yet because we're going to talk about that here actually in just a minute. Probably From that hint, people can probably understand. But like, if we're just taking a narrow view of it, we're saying, hey, 22 class, we're cutting off point guards. Like You're telling me, hey, 23, they're not getting anybody. Not happening. For some reason, don't land anybody. Okay. Then, I mean, is it important? Yes. Is that something that you can use to sell to Jaden Bradley? Hey, we need you. Yes, that should be something you are hammering home. But... There's also other elements, such as the transfer portal, where if you needed to go to that, you could. That's the difference now, as in a, even a few years ago. So I just think using the transfer portal as a form, and look, no, no, just no, just uh, disagreeing that that's a way of recruiting now. You're going to record the transfer portal as much as you do the high school talent. But look what just happened this last recruiting cycle. You brought in two transfers or three transfers, excuse me, McCoy. Manic and Dawson Garcia, but none of them are point guard players or or even backcourt well, players. Saying... They're all front court players, and there were you had scholarships available, and there was premier backcourt talent that entered the transfer portal. Chris Likes from Miami, Kevin O'Banner from Oral Roberts. Well, that, you don't need those guys that you didn't get. Those you, are one. Those are one. Chris Likes, one year guy. But I'm just saying, like, so doesn't make sense. We went, we went through this him. this past year where you still have a need in the backcourt. To a certain extent, for depth, not not for likes. That doesn't that wouldn't make sense. He's go because he's going to Arkansas. He's going to start there. That's. I mean, I get that, but like, so what I'm saying is, is that if you go into the transfer portal this next coming year, because I, I maybe it's just me. 
I don't think they even looked at guards in this in this transport. It doesn't they, feel like they, they did. probably looked. I I would say they probably looked at the wing players, which I mean, I guess you could say maybe that's what Justin McCoy is supposed to be. But they mainly focused on we need bigs, we need guys up front that can help us. If they need a point guard this next coming year, if they lose Caleb Love and they got a spot open, and there's no Jaden Bradley there, and they need a starter. Uh, there's going to be somebody out there. Like, this is the thing. I know people are saying, and I think it's true, that the transfer portal will calm down. It won't be as crazy as it was this year. But there will still be starting caliber guys in there. So if you have to go that route, it's not the most ideal thing, especially with the fact that Hubert Davis really wants to keep the elements of the Carolina system of having guys that have been there for a long time. But if you have to go in there and get somebody... Then you're going to do that. the 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 worry so, is, is in 2018 and 19, or 2019 going to 20, you had to go get a Christian Keeling, and you had to go get a Justin Pierce for depth. Well, you well, and look what happened. Well, they here's the thing: they weren't able to adapt to the ACC game. You're going to see guys, especially if they know, if they get wind that, hey man, Caleb Love, this dude's probably going top ten, or I mean, where where would you? I would think. If he's top 15, he's probably going. Yes. Um, so if they start to get wind of that, I think there's going to be this notion that, hey, man, Carolina's going to be looking for a point guard. If they don't get – again, this is hedging on if they don't get Bradley. So then what's going to happen is is you're going to see some of these guys that are even in pretty solid situations at Power 5 programs say to themselves – Looking around, hmm, do we have guys here that I feel like we can win big with? Not really. And let's say, let's say, for some reason, Dawson Dawson Garcia does well, but his stock's not great. He says, ah, I'm thinking about coming back. Armando Baycott, ah, my stock's not great. I'm probably coming back as well. All of a sudden, that could be one of those destinations where people are like, well, first of all, it's Carolina. Second of all, this is a pretty good team. I like this situation better than the one I'm in. Let me hit the transfer portal and transfer in. Regardless, there will be guys now, with the way the transfer portal is now, that will be starters at Power 5 schools that will enter the transfer portal. And I'm going to tell you right now, Carolina showed this past year when they landed Manic and when they landed Garcia. And as we saw with Garcia, NIL is going to play a role in that as well. They will, they will find somebody. So I'm not freaking out. Is it someone? Is is Jaden Bradley someone that Carolina wants in this class and should covet? Yes. Should covet and and should really that should be their main focus in this class going forward? Well, even I, though you got Whitmore and Nickel, yes, because he's a five star prospect. You see, but hey, I if feel, you don't get him, it's not the end of the I world. I feel like the way you want to play, you need a Whitmore and a Nickel, maybe both. But see, I think you're only going to get it, one. It I'm, doesn't. I'm be it doesn't matter if you don't have a point guard, especially with him being adamant. He wants to play with two of them, primarily. If you lose, if you lose one, you've only got one traditional point guard on your roster as it is right now. The rest are combo guards that can slide in and play the point guard, but they're not as effective at other areas of the game as they are when they're playing off the ball. Um, and I think that's what's got to factor into it. I think. I think they're going to get one or the other, or I, 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 or they'll get both. 
But I think if they get both, they won't get Jaden Bradley, which brings us to 2023, where Carolina was busy the last week and a half or so offering premier talent in the 2023 class. They offered five-star forward McKenzie Baco. I probably butchered that last name. They offered I another. Think you actually got that one. Yeah, they offered another five-star uh, forward, JJ Taylor, and they offered another four-star forward in Matthias Buzelis. So you've already got Whitmore. You've already got Nickel on your radar. You're you're firmly in their recruit in the recruitments. Legitimate chance you get one or both, as we just mentioned. What does it say to about Carolina's recruiting philosophy that even with those two guys in the in the 2022 class, you've got Justin McCoy on your roster, you've got Donovan Puff Johnson on your roster, guys that will primarily slide in at the three spots. What does it What does it say that we've offered three more forwards in a class two years away? Ah, uh, that they're tired of hearing the fact that they don't have a wing player. <laughs> I mean, that they that, seriously. I mean, we hear it all the time. Here recently, well, we haven't had a good wing player since Justin Jackson. I mean, are they are oh, they Cam Johnson? Yeah, I mean, Cam wasn't. I I think Cam Johnson was a wing. player. They're looking for guys that drive the basket as well. Cam Johnson didn't really. Cam Johnson was your guy that stood outside, knocked down the shots. They're looking for that Justin Jackson guy that can sort of take you inside if he wants to. Uh, if a guy can shoot forty eight percent from three, I mean, look, I don't care. I'm not going to complain. But but that guy maybe that guy's on the roster and Puff Johnson. You know I I don't know if he's I mean living up to that is going to be something else and I don't know if you're going to have a guy that's going to shoot forty eight percent. But I think it's showing that they want that wing player. They 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 want that guy desperately. And I think the other thing is is you look at the guys that they offer there that are listed as small forwards. And even, I mean, you got a guy that's previously offered in the class that's the same height. He's listed as a power forward in Gregory Jackson, Gigi Jackson, but he's 6'8 as well. They want these guys that have a little bit of size to them but can stretch the floor. And I'm going to be honest, the way that they're looking, it looks like they're building that roster, ideally they want two guys that are 6'8 and can stretch the floor. They, they want one at the three, one at the four. That's what it looks like they're trying to get to. The thing I, I like about this more than anything is that you can tell Hubert Davis was a big-time recruiter before he became a head coach. It was You can see that since he became the head coach, he knows what he's doing and that all those doubts and questions that Carolina fans had in general, not necessarily on here – he knows how to answer them because well, it wasn't just Carolina. It was national people was. that said, "Hey, man, is this guy going to be able to pick up where Roy Williams and them left off recruiting wise?" I and I said it from the moment he got hired. I thought, if anything, Carolina would recruit better nationally because he's been Carolina's. He's been on the road more than Roy Williams has the last five to six years because he no was doubt. the no main doubt. recruiter. But he's given himself options that way if they get into a spot like where they are with Chris, Chris Livingston in 2022, okay, hey, we're not going to get him. We're going to go ahead and drop out of this. But they still have other well, options. When was the last time that that actually happened, by the way? I know Carolina recruiting has been doing really, really it good hasn't over the last happened, couple of years. It hasn't happened probably since the NCAA showed up on the campus 2012-13. Yeah, I mean, when you're turning away five-star prospects, or not turning them away, but when you realize, hey, man, we might not be in this, so we're going to say, 
say, hey, we're backing off because we feel good at the position right now, where we're at at least, I mean, that's that should show you that w- what he's doing already on the recruiting trail. But that brings us to the whole scenario of no Jaden Bradley in 22 because you've got Robert Dillingham in 2023, an elite point guard prospect out of Combine Academy right up the road in Lincoln, North Carolina. So you add in the fact that he's a five-star guard, point guard. You're going to need a point guard in, in both classes, in my opinion, but especially in 23 if you don't get anybody in 22. An in-state guy at that. Um, and, look, a lot of in-state schools are involved with him. Now, he has gone to Carolina. He has gone to NC State. <laughs> Duke's involved. Wake Forest. I mean, any – any. so it's uh, Carolina-Duke. Um, here. Uh, uh, gotcha. And so, you know, I asked the question, if you know, if we didn't land Jaden Bradley, but you got Cam Whitmore and Tyler Nichol, does that suffice? You said yes, but if you don't get Jaden Bradley, then Robert Dillingham is a must-get. See, I didn't want to spoil this because, you know, this is, this is the, the, the magic of having a podcast host that just understands, you know, segments and everything like that. Uh, yeah, I, I think... And, and, I mean, see, regardless, like, this is the thing. If they land Jaden Bradley, we're not saying, well, you shouldn't go out and get I Robert I would still Dillingham. recruit Robert Dillingham just as hard. You you, you need to because Jaden Bradley's a one and done. It, it, barring something shocking. I mean, I, I wouldn't say shocking because we thought that Caleb Love fit that billing as well. But this is a guy that is rated inside the top ten in the country. This, like, this dude is legit. If you get... If you get Bradley, you're thinking in your mind, recruiting-wise at least, your mindset still has to be, well, we're losing him at the end of the year. We've got to go get another one. This is Cole Anthony 2.0. No doubt. He's here for one It's the way you've been recruiting these last couple of years. You've got no choice but to recruit that way with the guys that you have there. And part of it is that, and he was on the staff at the time, you do not, even if you think for any second in your mind, Ah, maybe this guy doesn't have exactly what it takes to go there this year. Doesn't matter. You saw what happened with Kobe White, where people said, "Look, he's growing. You know, there's some. He could be a great player, but he's probably going to be a two or three year guy." Well, that didn't happen, and you got yourself in a scenario. Now you lucked out that Cole Anthony was really interested in you and waited as long as he did. But you have to always be in that mindset of we got to project forward as if, hey. Worst case scenario is happening. So I think they're going to take that mindset. And the good thing for, for Carolina is is that's another reason why you shouldn't feel overly concerned about Bradley, even if Carolina doesn't land him. Where they stand right now with Robert Dillingham is about as good of a standing as you could be with a guy at this point in his recruitment. It doesn't hurt that the guy so, that runs Combine Academy, Jeff McGinnis, is a former Carolina guy. Um, and a lot of people, you remember back during the coaching search when they hired Hubert Davis, clamored for him to be on the roster as an assistant because of he's he was a 17 and under AAU coach of the year four or five years ago. <laughs> Yeah, he's not bad. He's you know, but with having that already established connection to him and the pipeline that Combine is creating, which they are becoming a school like IMG Academy and some other schools where they are a Division One 
college basketball factory, it's not going to hurt. Well, and see, here's the other thing about it is that if he stays there, which we have no indication that he's going to try to go to a bigger prep school. Talked he's, to him the other day. He, he said oh, he'd yeah. stay in 15 years. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Great, dude, great inside scoop. This is what this podcast needs. Josh Scoops Marlowe. Yeah. Um, that could be my new name. There you go. So if he stays here in in North Carolina, that's the thing with Bradley that's a little concerning is when you go to a school like IMG Academy, first of all, you got all the national attention coming in. Second of all, it's not as easy as if he still went to Cannon School, where he originally was at, to get to North Carolina and visit campus. If Dillingham stays at Combine Academy, I mean, this is in-state for Carolina. He's going to take multiple visits there. You are going to have easy access to go and visit him. Even if you're visiting, I mean, on your way down to visit Gigi Jackson in Columbia, South Carolina, you make a stop off of 77, see what Robert, Robert Dillingham's doing. That's the thing that you have going for you right now with this. Now, again, things can change because, look, this guy is really that good yeah. that there are other schools that may say, hey, man, well, you know, and, and we may the, want uh, you to play for us. You got the G but, League. Um, Jay-Z and Cortman today, he just announced he's going to play in the overtime elite league. Which is crazy because he is the number two recruit in the class. Number two recruit in the class, and that's in the 23 class. And he's already saying, I'm going and playing for the G League. That, I mean, that's how far out this stuff is already being decided but on. I think so, I think that's where NIL plays a factor where it benefits Carolina. Yep. Can those guys make league in the make money in the G League and overtime elite league? Sure. But there's the potential they could make even more money playing for Carolina, which is a national brand. They're not just a regional brand, they're a national brand. In a in the ACC playing in, you know, granted of course what they make is not performance based. But, look, the the guys at the big-time schools are going to make the big-time money. Dude, you let that Michael Jordan domino fall where he starts offering these guys, like, Jordan brand deals and has them sponsor commercials and stuff like that. Yeah. That all of us, I mean, you're right there. You're probably making as much as you're making in that G League group. So, I, I mean, yeah, I think NIL, part of – now – See, that's one of the things where NIL, if you're talking about the benefits of it, outside of, of course, the obvious fact that players are getting paid for their name, image, and likeness like they should have been all along, you're also going to get where this G League group, where people were really, really concerned about this for the you know last year and a half, two years since that, that idea came to the table, all of a sudden you're noticing that they're not as concerned about that anymore because you have this option where you're going to be able to sort of, in certain respects, meet sort of what they're going to get. Especially, that's that's one of the other things, is you could have these guys that say, hey man, you know, my stock is all right. I'm in the 20, I, you know, I could go top 20 in the draft or you know, maybe I'm a first round pick. But hey, I'm I'm staying now. Well, you already saw I can that make this more past money. year with Hunter Dickinson at Michigan, right? Who flat out said, "Had NIL not been passed, I was gone. Whether I went overseas or not, I was going to play professionally, right? Because I want to make money off of my game and stuff like that." So there's a lot of elements here that I think can play into Carolina's favor. And with Dillingham, the good thing is is that Carolina is already in a good spot. It's just really – and look, I'm not sitting here panicking or even freaking out. When Hebert Davis got hired, what did we all say? you got to fix the front court. There's no depth. 
um, and very little talent. He did that in about two months span. Where now you look at the roster and you project the next two to three years, four years, you got to fix the backcourt. The good thing is, is that he's a smart man. He's realized that, so he's put the program in a situation to where having where, where the lack of talent won't be an issue um, moving down the road as he progresses as the head coach of Carolina basketball. A couple of news and notes before we do get out of here. Another scheduling note for next year. Carolina will compete in the Phil Knight 85 Invitational. If you remember, they did this back five years ago, and everyone's freaking out because there's a lot of schools that are participating. And how, Dude, this field, are there 16 in there? If you remember, it looks bigger. If you remember when they did this five years ago, there were two separate fields, two separate tournaments. It's just called the Phil Knight Invitational because it's Nike's way of honoring the guy who created and founded Nike and made Nike what it is, but... It already adds to Carolina's loaded non-conference schedule, which consists of, of course, the annual ACC Big Ten Challenge, the new Jordan Invitational or Jordan Class, which is going to be here in Charlotte, where Carolina's going to face either Michigan, most likely Michigan, Oklahoma, or Florida, and then, of course, the CBS Sports Classic. So, um, a few weeks ago, we... we, Can, we Can I read off this field, by the way? It's massive. So, you've got Carolina Duke, which they will not They meet. won't play. That won't happen. Um, Villanova, excuse me as I barf in my mouth, UConn, Xavier, Gonzaga, Alabama, Florida, Michigan State, Purdue, West Virginia, Iowa State, Oregon, Oregon State, Portland, Portland State. Also, notice in there. Where's Kentucky? Uh, they are not in there, thank God. I know. Is that the only, th- that's the only big name team that's not in there, right? I mean, sir, like, this is. This is a stacked field. I mean, legitimately, I mean, you're talking about, I mean, outside of like Portland, Portland State, those are clearly the, they're local teams, so it makes sense why they're there. They did that the last time. Right. Yeah. Oregon State's probably the worst. Well, no, I would the elite I, Iowa State is, they, they were bad the last couple of years. But this, I mean, this is, this is a loaded field. And I mean, the other thing is, notice in here. You were talking about that Jordan Brand Classic. I can almost bet, since they are in this field, that Florida will not be Carolina's no, opponent. You're, you're, They're in there, so we know who it is. You're, we know, you're down to Michigan and Oklahoma. Most don't likely. even get me on my Michigan soapbox here again. It's we don't just, need that uh, on, it's on funny another pod. Because a few episodes ago, we were breaking down some of Carolina's or Carolina's non-conference schedule for this year kind of wondering how or how Hubert Davis would schedule moving forward. This is what he's doing next year for the majority of it. Now, granted, Carolina's entered contracts like with the CBS Sports Classic and the, C- and the ACC Big Ten Challenge, but he's not going to shy away from going to play the big boys, um, which, I, which I think – this uh, is playing every big boy out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Possibly. You know, dates and stuff hasn't been released. When they did it five years ago, it happened over the week of Thanksgiving. You would imagine um, that's when this one would take place as well. Rashid Ball Don't Lie Wallace. He's expected to join Memphis's coaching staff in the near future. Penny Hardaway added one former Tar Heel, Tar Heel earlier this offseason when he hired Larry Brown to his staff. So all these guys that uh, – you know, always said that Rasheed Wallace should be the head coach of the Tar Heels or Vince Carter or some of those guys. Not saying that it's going to happen, but Rasheed Wallace's coaching career is supposed is about to get started, 
down the road in Memphis. Well, see, here was the problem with those people that wanted to, to, to go with that strategy. They were saying, oh, we should make him the head coach right away. No, this is a good step for Rasheed. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. And, I mean, don't take this as a slight to the guys that are on the staff. I'm a little angry that he is not on our staff if he wanted to get into coaching. Well, I think that I mean, would have been a great guy to have on the you staff. Just, you just elevated Sean May to the yeah. coach who's a, yeah. technically a first-year head know, coach. You know, here's my thing. We don't need Rashid to coach positions. Just have Rashid stand there and yell and give Rashid-like wisdom to the young men. I think that would be perfect. I've got a great pod thought of the day from Dean Smith about Rashid Wallace. But I'm saving that for next. I'm saving that for we're going to come on here and lighten the mood because we've lost or we played really bad because it's really funny. And uh, so there we go. Rasheed Wallace getting his coaching career up and away. Yeah, I'm not hurt about Larry Brown. And then uh, (laughs) good good hire, Penny. Ty Lawson, he is continuing his basketball career in Europe with the club called Colossus out of Greece. So he he signed with the, the club last year. But because of COVID and traveling, was not allowed to leave China after he got kicked out of the China Basketball League or whatever league he was playing oh. in. Oh, so Tom. now he is able to officially join his club and cur- and continue his <laughs> basketball. What a what a wild story! Career. But seriously, on that front, great for him. Really hoping he's doing well, and this is a good chance for him to restart his career. And, you know, hopefully can continue. I mean, we talked about it the last time we were on the podcast. We know he's got the talent. It's just about cleaning up the off the court issues, whether it's yeah, the I drinking, mean, the gambling. And look, none of that's easy. Like, yeah, look, it's man, not. It, you got to go through a lot to get. If he has sought out help and everything, that's awesome. If not, and, you know, you're still navigating through life, then good. I mean, you do you. But. I mean, yeah, it, there there have been a lot of tough things. And I mean, the deal in China was, you know, we thought maybe a raw deal on his part. We're not going to go into explaining this in case you have small children in the car. But, um, you know, this is a chance for him to hopefully just reset, just keep, I mean, dude, play, you know, just do what you got to do on the court. Just limit what you do off the court. Stay at, stay off, stay off the newspapers. That's all we're wanting. As long as you do that, man, you're going to be fine because you can play. Yep. So uh, good for him. Good for him. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners podcast. We'll let you go get to the website heeltoughblog.com, where as of the day this podcast drops, we are three weeks away from Carolina season opener at Virginia Ooh. Tech. So as you can imagine, we are getting you ready for the upcoming football season with position breakdowns and previews of all position groups on the blog and the podcast front. Carolina's also lost two guys to the transfer portal on the football side of things. Anthony breaks that down. We also got bold predictions up all coming up on the site. Um, and, and a lot of great football content coming your way as we get you ready for what is supposed to be a big-time football season in Chapel. we got to see if the Tar Heels can actually live up to the hype this go-around. So a lot of football 
content on the website, on the on the podcast side. Things. We want you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on every major podcasting platform, most notably Megaphone, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. Give us a like, review us as your host. We want you guys to subscribe. That way every podcast is right there in your podcast library. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.